Welcome to Shady Pines, an afterthought media podcast in which gay people discuss the Golden Girls. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 16, titled, And Then There Was One. First, from show business, please say hello to Adam Salandra. Hello, Adam Salandra. Hello, Joe. It's been a week, and been a week. it honestly feels like no time at all, yeah. other than how much I missed you. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah, I missed you too. In that week, I don't know if you know this. In the for the entire week, I watched you walk around your bedroom. Uh, I didn't know that, and I'd say I'm concerned, but that's why I put cameras in there. Now, Adam, so, let me tell fun. you this. Let me ask mm-hmm. you this, and I and I and I and I, and, and, and I, I'm going to ask you a question first. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm asking you two questions, but the question first sets up this kind of. How do you feel about being embarrassed? Uh, how do I like? Do I love it or hate it? Is that yeah, the like like in other words, if I were to ask you a question that would embarrass you, if the next question were to be embarrassing. How would you feel about that? Oh, I I I don't think it will embarrass me. Okay, but before we'll before I ask that question, let me bring on because she can't oh, talk sure. unless I bring her on. She came back, but she can week. start. I was not going to have her this week. We were actually going to have Betty White on to talk about this episode. Yeah, but then Lori but... said she wanted to talk about this episode, so we bring her in. It's the goddess yeah. of goth, glitz, glamour, gossip, and gore herself, Lori Rottenkamp. Hello, Lori. Yeah, Betty White's going to last forever. So, you know, True. you can you have know, it's with you while we got you. It's so funny. Yeah. Last, last week, we didn't talk about this, but it was weird. There was, a, there was a lot of death talk in the first half of the show. And I was <laughs> I, it struck me like, wow, three of these people are dead, and the one that fake died is still with us. Wow. It and was I, really yeah. acting after all. Yeah. You know, I have done nothing this whole week but prepare for this moment. <laughs> we knew, based on last week, I believe that to be true. So, now, Lori, Lori, uh, I have a question for you first before we get to Adam. I think you would make a great attorney. I'm jo- just going to let you know. Joe or Adam? You, because you always let people know how many questions. Mm-hmm. That is nice. And, yeah. And what kind of questions. And yeah. also, you know, you, pre- you, you, preempt them yeah so so laurie i'm gonna ask you a question you have your screen up right now it would be on your left side but over adam's right shoulder what do you see over just right over that right shoulder his right shoulder yeah nothing just a gray wall oh you don't see anything right over the right shoulder oh oh uh his uh, on his left yeah i see lotion and tissue Go on. I'm not going to speak until you ask me my question. I don't. I guess I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I. I. I um. My question. I, how, honestly, how would... I was. I was just to fill the the people in. Last week when we recorded, I was also in my bedroom and I was waiting for this to come up. I and it didn't. So here we are now. It took a week for Joe oh, to get the courage. Is this, is this masturbation stuff? Is that what? Well, you're it's no Furby, but yeah. 
Yeah. Well, How not many you, remember, you remember that from last week? I forgot about it. I blocked it out. I remember um, most things Lori says. Well, Adam's I, been messaging I, me about I it. I didn't see like, it How last, does it work? Yeah. Well, the I didn't see it last week. Oh, well, my dog was in the shot. That's probably why. Yeah. But then, however, uh, yeah. Well, go ahead. You didn't ask me a question. Yet, well, so the, the, question. well, my question is whose side of the bed is over your right shoulder? Thank God it is mine. Oh. Um, but the reason why I thought you, the, honestly, the reason why I thought it would come up is because if it were me, when I'm in someone's bedroom, honey, I would have pinned that one and zoomed in to look. So I don't blame you. However, I'm happy to say it is lotion and it, and it is tissues, but it is genuinely, um, for my very dry hands and because I have a lot of allergies, everything like that's fun because I thought of this when I looked last week is in uh, the top drawer and those things do exist, but unfortunately um, they weren't left out for this. Now I have a question. Do you use like specific lotion and stuff for that, for that stuff? Or is it just sort of like whatever lotion you have available? Um, um, I did for a long time time because I thought I had some sort of like weird nerve uh, issue for a while and it manifested as like, I just didn't know what it was. So I thought that I had sensitive skin, um, especially down there. So I was like, I'm very afraid to use any lotion other than like whatever the most plain Jane was. Um, So that was annoying and boring, but it is what it is. But no. Honestly, most of the time it's like, who has the time? Just raw yeah. dog it. No, no lotion. Well, that's a yeah. good question because you know, I'm not anywhere near my boyfriend right now, Lori. Right now, <laughs> Lori, what was that? You saw Star because of COVID regulations and whatnot. Uh, a month ago, exactly a month ago. Yeah, yeah. I went you, over you, Jan- uh, January first to drop something off, and then that was the last time I saw yeah. her. And, well, by the way, this episode, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop this right now. The episode we're talking about today. Aired originally January 31st, 1987. Yesterday, it was 34 years ago. And that's my sis- well, my sister's birthday, January 30th, 1987. I've been waiting for us to get to her birthday because I know it was oh. coming. Oh, so like she was one day old. Yeah. And I was Aww. like, shut this baby up. I'm watching mm-hmm. this episode. Do you? How old were you in 1987, Adam? Uh, I'm two and a half years older than her. So I was two and a half in a day. Oh, well, no, it's not no. exactly that. But yeah, two and a half. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, yes. So anyway, so the, the, what I was going to originally was, you know, Lori hasn't seen her beautiful girlfriend star in a month. Sure. You know. But, you know. And, uh, but you're with Sean every day, right? Uh-huh. Do you get to a certain... Oh, who knocked? This is unfortunate, unfortunate timing. <laughs> is it really Sean? Uh-huh. Well, we're not going to bring him on the air. Don't worry. He can come in. Oh, no. Yeah, nor, nor could you. But go ahead. Well, I don't want to ask the question when he's there. I'm going to change the topic. The question won't be heard. Oh, that's Only true. my answer. Oh. Um, I'll, see, it, I'll see what I can say. Uh, is, is there a certain point where, like, when one person is in the mood and the other isn't, that you're just, you just feel open enough? You're just like, I'm just going to take care of business myself. Constantly. Oh, really? Interesting. Um, I, I think it's more. It happens more with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, well, you're I the one think, not in the mood, or he's not the he's the one not in the mood. 
What? The dog came in. Mm. Um, him. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to a point where it's just like, you know what? Either way, it's just like sometimes that feels like a lot of work. And mm-hmm. nobody knows you like you know yourself. So you can just get in there when, time, when, there, when there's a time crunch. Just get her done. When I was 25, I went to go visit. Uh, Lori's looking at a carpet uh, catalog right now. Uh, I am. Is that a vagina metaphor? it was. But Lori, uh, when I was 25, I went to go visit some friends who they were coupled up in Florida. And I don't know, the topic of their sex life came up. And they said that actually most of their sex life was just mutual masturbation. Or masturbating next to each other. And and at 25, I thought, how sad. Sure. Now I'm like, I'm fine with that. Oh, yes. And I've had talks about this. Maybe we'll have this on a day when there's another gay guy here, not a bored lesbian. <laughs> where I... We're two boring gay guys. Wow. How dare you, madam? How dare you? Anyway. <laughs> Lori, it was a very lesbian-centric episode last one where you were telling us about how you do puppet shows with your girlfriend's vagina and all that. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Gays and fans. yeah. So anyway... And I've had these discussions with Aiden and whatnot, is that, you know, we as gay people not only get to choose our families, but <laughs> we get to, I think one of the problems with gay people is that, you know, we looked to porn to teach us, a lot of adolescents look to porn to teach us how to have sex, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah. The problem is that gay porn, is still. It's, this is still the case, I think, models itself on the heteronormative straight porn uh, paradigm. Like, actually, if you, I like straight porn. So if you watch straight porn, it has sort of the same structure as a gay porn, you know? Sure. And, but we, you know, we have this moment here where we can choose what sex is. It doesn't have to be anal sex. It could be whatever you want it to be. And so, um, uh, yeah. Same thing for lesbians. You know, it can be scissoring. Have you ever scissored with Star? No, scissoring almost does nothing. Um, I was ask, is that even like an actual? Is that just a joke that became a? What it was think? essentially. It's essentially like if I were to ask you, have you have you ever scissored your boyfriend? Like, good question. You're just mashing Adam, your you genitals s- together. Have you ever scissored? Have you ever scissored your boyfriend? No, but I have mashed our genitals together. It just yeah. wasn't a scissor form. Uh, I will say that that the conversation you guys are having that I'm passively listening to, um, (laughs) I think it's a bigger question about, I think the, um, the masculinity, toxic masculinity, because I feel like one of the attitudes that women have of gay men or straight men is that they're constantly want sex and they constantly think about sex, which, you know, I mean, is fair to a certain extent, of everybody, I think, but I, I know so many of my female friends who have been in relationships with men where they just flat out have been like, I don't, I don't want to have sex. Like, I'm just not interested in sex right now. And it just comes as a shock to them. Cause they're always like, Oh, well I thought men were just constantly ready for sex. Like, yeah. So then they think it's them. Yeah. And I think that there, that's a bigger conversation of like, I think men and women equally, 
you know, have dips and dives in their sex drive. And I think that that's a totally fine thing to have. You know, it's just like, how, how do you balance that out in a relationship and still maintain that intimacy? So, yeah. I think that's true. And yeah, I would say that that's true, but, um, I think that there's also a, uh, to combine both topics, a bit of laziness that peak creeps in, uh, as you get older. So it's like, let's just do it and be done with it in a, in a much more romantic way, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had moments. I remember one time I was doing a, sh- a stand-up show and Star had come with me and we were sort of at the apex of our relationship where we were just, we were, we obviously loved each other, but we were definitely like, you know, is this going to keep going? And I think she had thought this, this was going to be an opportunity for me, for her to like spend some time with me, but it was really kind of a work trip because I was doing shows in San Diego. And, Are you me. okay? Are you, are you I okay, She's getting choked up. She's getting choked up. It's, I know. It's a really uh, emotional <laughs> thing for her. But I was exhausted and she wanted to have sex. And I just was like, I literally cannot keep my eyes open. You were like, baby, did you see that I was the star on stage? And so I'm a little tired from that. Thank you. So she like, she was adamant that she'd go down on me. And I was like, look, nothing's going to happen. And I fell asleep and she got hurt by it. And I was like, I legit told you I was exhausted. Like, okay, but that sounds like the way, if you're like not into it, be like, okay, I'll just lay here while you go to town. If that's yeah, what you want. That's how it just, was. Yeah, couldn't you just bunch your fist up into a ball and just hang it over the bed? Uh, <laughs> well, she ended up like masturbating. She ended up masturbating in the bed. And I was just like, yeah, go ahead. And at the time I was like hurt by it because I was like, oh, I should be doing more. But I was just like, I am exhausted. Like there was literally nothing I could do. And it's just one of the, I think you have to reach that point in a relationship where you realize like if the other person is not up for sex or can't have sex, it doesn't mean that they don't, they've now officially stopped finding you sexually attractive. That's not okay. I think that's true. So it's just the reality set in. Yeah. And I think that then that's when you have to start having conversations and it'd be like, look, just because I don't want to have sex with you right now, it doesn't mean that I won't want to have sex with you tomorrow or, you know, the next day. It's just that, at this point in time, I'm just not, it, I'm tired. I don't want to have sex. Well, that's what's so. weird is it really does settle into what's real. It's the early days when you are always into each other. That's the one that's not actual reality. That's when you have your first, all the like chemicals of new romance are coming in. And that's when you're looking through goggles, so to speak. So yeah. really it's about, can you survive the times once things are just how they're actually going to be forever? Yeah, exactly. Where you have like dips and dives of where you don't necessarily, you know, that's kind of why, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but that's kind of why I, I love the idea of marriage because I feel like for me, what marriage tells me is that there may come a point in my, in, in our relationship where I might not necessarily think of you, I might not be like excited to see you. Right. But I will always work towards being your the person in your corner. So like, let's say I'm just like, Ugh, I got to go home and see star, I still will work towards not feeling that way. You know, that that's always been my idea of marriage is like, because I feel like in every relationship, there's a point where you're just like, I don't know if I want to continue with this person. And I feel like marriage sort of seals it to where you have to work towards something. 
So you have you have to sort of make it work. I think pe- certain people choose to look at it as like, oh, this is God. I'm, we're putting our love and, and faith in God, and I choose to believe in the person that I've decided to marry. So I can't tell if Cilantro's frozen or just really bored. Uh, can it be both? All right. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, hopefully Adam Cilantro joins us. I think I killed him. volunteers the ladies to host a daycare for a charity walkathon. A bratty kid tries to spoil everyone's fun and that storyline goes nowhere. Meanwhile, someone has forgotten to pick up their baby. The women get attached to the baby and consider adopting it as their own. Blanche in particular grows quite fond of the baby. Meanwhile, Sophia volunteers to participate in the walkathon. When she arrives home, she's convinced that her performance in the event will gain her national headlines. Just as the women get used to having a baby, the father shows up and claims her. Turns out the baby's mom went into labor with triplets. He had called the house and spoken to Sophia, but she had mistaken him for one of her fans this makes no sense whatsoever later blanche sneaks away to call her daughter and set up a visit Lori Roggenkamp, um you're the guest on this week's episode by because you invited yourself uh, i did yeah uh what were i your... actually never signed off of this google chat so that's why <laughs> you've been here been for waiting seven all days. week yeah I'm waiting all week oh my wow, god i didn't even know that yeah because uh, i knew you guys weren't gonna intentionally let me back on so. yeah no, no, no. Hey, it worked. Yeah. Um, what, Lori? What were your general thoughts on the episode? I know you've already compiled a wiki page for <laughs> this, but uh, what, what were your general thoughts on the episode? I got to be honest, I did not like this episode as much as the previous one. I feel like the most interesting part of it were the stories of the actors who were the guest stars. Oh, like yes, not necessarily the stories, not necessarily the their background of the character, but the actual actors themselves. Like mm-hmm. that was the stuff that I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting." I personally would have thought that that Sophia's storyline would have been more entertaining to see her kind of try and go through a marathon Mm -hmm. as a 120 year old woman or however old she is, Mm -hmm. but they they tend to go with this illogical storyline that somehow there's a babysitting group (laughs) where you can just drop your child off while you run a marathon. The, The whole baby part is very, very weird. It's very, very strange. It makes no sense. And then they set up, they set up one storyline and then they immediately discard that and they go with a completely different storyline. And I was like, wait, when was Emily even introduced? Like, it just seemed like a, such a weird, it seemed like it was like three different episodes all jammed into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say I love Sophia's tracksuit. I thought that was hilarious. I love, oh, I would love that tracksuit as my own. Um, <laughs> and Yeah. So, Landra, what I about just, you? What were your thoughts? Um, you know I, I'm a ride-or-die Golden Girls mm-hmm. kind of guy, but sure. this episode is not it. Mm-hmm. It Similarly to last episode, there's just a weird energy where it feels like there's more – now, they always touch on serious topics, the gals, but there's more dialogue and seriousness than jokes – and they're like, where are the jokes? Yeah. We we needed them. They were missing. Mm-hmm. 
And also yeah. there's a, there's a, I don't know what season it is. Someday we'll get to it if you didn't get to it last season, but uh, a famous scene where the three girls are singing Mr. Sandman to a baby in a carriage. And I thought as I was watching, not enjoying this, I was like, oh, at least that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But that was obviously a different episode. And so I don't really know what the redeeming parts of this app were um other than of course if you go and research the guest stars apparently it was very oh fun. yeah yeah I will, and i'll let laurie now just so you know adam she had a problem with this we're gonna get to the guest stars laurie okay so just hold okay. your motherfucking horses but <laughs> all right you you brought up something interesting laurie i'm gonna go through the beats a little bit just a little bit more in detail so like yeah so essentially what happens is uh first of all i want to talk about uh Sophia is making supposedly linguine with clam sauce. Now, I could be wrong here. I'm not Italian. We do have a verified half Italian with us, with Adam Salandra. But every time I've seen linguine with clam sauce, I wouldn't call it a white sauce. It's more of a clear, there's no red. It's not a red sauce. I thought the exact same thing. And I also am no pro at that. Mm -hmm. But it seemed a little strange to me. Yeah. Next, um, is so she's bulking up for she's trying to get a carb load, then so then she's going and then Rose says they volunteered for a daycare. Okay, and then we see the daycare and Lori's right. So the guest star Ray Combs as Brad Henderson drops off his kid Christopher Henderson, and for the first act of the whole episode, you would think it's going going to do with Christopher. Oh, that's true. Norman. His name's Norman. Oh, Norman. You think it's about Norman, and he's being a little piece of shit, and so the resolution would obviously that he gets his comeuppance, but then they just drop it. It's just he, he he's a shitty kid, and then that's it. Yeah, that's very weird. And then when we yeah. come back, all the kids are gone, including Norman, except for this baby, right? Which, yeah. then the guy who, as Laurie last week astutely pointed out, was the doctor in last week's episode, uh... Now, now we talked. They always, always reuse guest stars, but in the next episode, <laughs> in the next episode, insane. He was just—he yeah. was literally still on the lot. Yeah, like Laurie stayed on the chat this yeah. week, and they were like, "Well, you're still here." Yeah, yeah. And- also, he played a doctor, and then coincidentally said something that I feel like no logical person would agree with. <laughs> well, so he was a different he, character. So then they're like, "How could you not call?" And he's like, I did call. I, I called Sophia. And then that's a whole weird storyline where she's thinking she's accepting calls from, like, fans about this yeah. walkathon. And, and, but anyway, but then what, I was like, well, I'm sorry. If that happened, I would immediately send my wife to the hospital and then go pick up my baby. Or have somebody do it for you. Yeah, like, have they, a family member. Yeah, because they're strangers. They, he literally left his baby with strangers. Okay, also, well, speaking of that, you want to talk about holes in the story. The mom is pregnant, giving birth yes. to triplets, and the baby is less than nine months old. Yes. You couldn't have just aged the baby up a little. Like, it just, yes. uh, just try a it little. Couldn't, it couldn't have been Norman. Like, it couldn't have been Norman. It couldn't have been Norman. And then yeah. we would have had that all the way through as well. But then also, it's like, okay, so there's, you have Norman, you have the fact that they're overrun with babies and children from the <laughs> front for the babysitting. And that gets all cleared up. So there's no issue with that. It's just that one woman doesn't pick up her kid, but they called child services. 
you do realize that like once you call child services and claim that a baby has been abandoned, it's not like the father can just come pick up the kid. Like nor should it be at that point. Yeah. (laughs) He has to like answer questions. Like they should have been in contact with the parents. So it's like, you know, it makes no sense. I remember my dad, when I used to, when we would leave the house, and this was around, you know, not around that time, but I mean, possibly around that time, but this was around the 90s. Whenever we would leave the house, he would change our outgoing message answering machine every single time. So if we were to be like, oh, hey, you reached the Roggen camps. We're going to the AMC Fullerton watching of, you know, uh, Beethoven. We'll be back in an hour and a half. And that was how he, like, let people know that we were going to be gone for a bit. You don't think he would have just changed the answering machine on his phone to be like, hey, you know, we're going, we're delivering a baby, you know? Okay, well, listen, I think if he had the, wait, why didn't he just call them? Oh, he did. Okay, never mind. He did. He called them, but then, and it wasn't that Sophia thought she was talking to a fan. She was just telling him about her thing. And then he said, I told you we were, we gave birth to triplets. And she, he, she said, I thought you said gimlets. And then it was dropped. It was never, <laughs> there's no reason why it would be like, I would have more questions if I thought it, if I thought he said gimlets, I would be telling people all oh, this guy just told me his wife gave birth to gimlets. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Well, she just didn't care. She was in her own world, which I respect that. Yeah, it it it, oh. it, 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 it was a very strange like uh, out for this uh, storyline. It was very very. Can weird. I? Can yeah. I ask a question? Can I ask a question? Yeah. Can I ask one? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm doing an impression of Joe. I'm gonna ask a question. Uh, so, uh, Rose yeah. says that she's going to do a real life Mr. Potato Head with a real <laughs> potato with cucumber eyes, which I think just sounds like the weirdest thing ever. Sure. But then Dorothy says, why don't you just call him Sammy Potato Jr.? Yeah. Was yeah. that racist? What was that? What I don't know. I, I, I hope not. I hope not. I actually put a question mark because it's a Sammy Davis Jr. reference. Sammy yes. Davis Jr. being a black uh, singer entertainer, and I I think it had to do with she was really because con- she was saying she was going to make like a uh, the broccoli hair and like a necklace or something like that. Or I don't yeah. Really and I think it was it had to do with the jewelry, but it but I think you're right. It did come off as a little racist. <laughs> and then there was another part in the episode where and I I, I love Sophia. I think Sophia sure. is very funny. But there's something about um there's something about uh when people tell jokes in the show that I'm like, if this was a real life conversation, mm-hmm. there would need to be a sit down. Yeah. And that was when uh Sophia goes is leaving to go to the marathon. She's talking to Dorothy, and then she tells the sex joke about uh her husband, about Dorothy's father. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if my mom in real life left and just dropped a note of how my father was in the bedroom, I would be like, please don't ever tell me about your sex life again. Like, that's way too personal. Well, <laughs> there's a bunch of moments, there's, you know, with, uh, I don't know if it was last week or in this week's episode, where Sophia has uh, Rose give her $20. Or this episode. Yeah. And no one, no one's ever saying, like, 
Rose, don't give her twenty dollars. This is made up. You know, yeah. she's not really going to the nineteen eighty eight Seoul Olympics. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she Rose is like really excited. She like runs to her bedroom to get to get the money or or yeah. Once again, I can't tell if Solandra's frozen or if he's, he's frozen. Oh, okay. One thing I will say that I forgot to mention last week, so yeah. I made a note to mention it this week, mm-hmm. is that I really do appreciate the time that they take when they make phone calls because you really do believe that somebody else is talking on the other end. Mm-hmm. Like both episodes, there was a phone call and they gave us they gave a, a good amount of space in mm-hmm. between phone calls mm-hmm. for for that. I'm not going to let you go into that bit again. You're not going into that bit again. All right. Well, you know, Solandra's internet keeps running out. Let's just move on to the references here. Mother Teresa, Lori. Mother Teresa, who is she? Uh, A nun who helps sick people. I think helps sick people die. I think that's the big controversy. But yes, we talked about Sammy Davis Jr. Ben Gazzara. There's a reference to Ben Gazzara. Uh, He was a... Uh, he he specialized in garlic. He was a big garlic seller. Uh, actor, okay. well known actor, character actor, did TV, did film, but also known for his very deep, deep voice. Very deep voice. All right, we have uh, okay. Salandra back. Sean Penn. They make a Sean Penn reference. Sean Penn, famous actor. Everyone knows Sean Penn is. But what's the reference? Why are they referencing him, Laurie? Uh, they are referencing him because he is. A has a small penis. No, they make jokes about him beating up the paparazzi. He had a very hot temper oh, and, right. and wouldn't like, go after the paparazzi. All right, this is and this is uh, Solandra's favorite game. They make a, when when Sophia hustles twenty dollars out of uh, Rose. That's nineteen eighty seven twenty dollars. Lori Rodham, you want to give a guess on what twenty dollars today would be? One thousand dollars. Wow, a regular Jay Ellis. Over yeah, there. Jeremy Ellis coming in here with uh, <laughs> with uh, the numbers. Adam, where do you fall on this? Well, how much is $20 worth today? Uh, I want to say $34. $45.86. Oh. So split the difference between. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah exactly. <laughs> now, this next part is the part I usually do. Uh, I'm going to do two of them. Nat. Bernstein uh, played Emily's father, but he also played the Jewish doctor in last week's episode. We covered that. <laughs> Christopher Burton played Norman Henderson, the little kid. Uh, he doesn't. He does a few. He has a few roles, and then after nineteen ninety one, never acts again. Alive, yeah, alive. But now, Laurie, do you want to talk to us about Norman Henderson's father, Brad Combs, Bob Henderson? It's why she's uh, I would like to first read Chris Chris Burton's uh, IMDb bio because sure. it's hilarious. Okay. Sorry, real quick. Uh, who, who's Chris Burton again? Norman Norman. 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 The little shitty kid. Chris's last acting job was in 1991. He graduated Thousand Oaks High School in 1994, went on to Mar Park Community College to study Spanish and then some Bible study in school. After 10 years competing with Giovanni Ribisi, Leo DiCaprio, and others, he decided to go a different direction. He chose to accept God's amazing love, follow Christ, and went on to pastor a church and help share the amazing answer I found to the big question. He spent a year in Central America visiting six countries and 15 cities, and also traveled to Mexico to frequently to work with indigenous people on an Indian reservation. 
Wow. Yeah. But, he, but he kept on Zion maybe up to date, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but sure. apparently he was competing with Giovanni Ribisi and Leonardo DiCaprio and others. And others tough, that's a tough yeah. break. Yeah. I haven't competed uh, with them, too. Yeah, me too. Uh, Baby Emily was played by Jessica Keenan Wynn. Mm-hmm. She is known for Girl on the Train, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and A Killer Party, A Murder Mystery Musical. Mm-hmm. From Her IMD bio says, From great-great-grandfather Frank Keenan, a Shakespearean and silent film actor, to her great-grandfather Ed Wynn, grandfather Keenan Wynn, and uncle Tracy Keenan Wynn, Jessica is the fifth generation in a show business dynasty. The Wynn family, the Barrymore family, and the Power family are the only families who have preserved and extended their theatrical lineages for over a hundred years. Well, Ed Wynn is famous. Yes, he is. He's I will that guy. You. Yeah, he's that guy with that nose. Like, I can't do his voice, but he'd always talk like this. You know, yes. and he rode a bicycle around. Kind of a nutty professor type. All right, now Lori, why don't you tell us about Roy Holmes? Uh, so Ray Roy Combs. Ray, Ray Combs. Combs. I was the one to call him Roy, Ray, Roy Combs, too. Ray Combs is a uh, stand-up comedian and game show host. He uh, worked on Overboard, Family Feud, and Vampire in Brooklyn. He actually also owned, I believe, a comedy club called The Comedy Connection, I want to say, for a while. And I think he owned a couple of comedy clubs. He used to open, used to be the warm-up uh, act for, I want to say, Johnny Carson. But maybe it was he just did Johnny Carson. He did Johnny Carson. Be, the, the Golden He used Girl. to be a popular uh, warm-up act. Um, and he uh, killed himself in 1986. Wait, hold uh, on. you got to give a more complete story about this. So Ray comes with a comedian. Ray comes with a comedian. I was reading about him. He was uh, one of those. So when for people who don't live in Los Angeles. Or oh, well, he was in a shitty car accident, but that's, yeah, that's all. He, who, we're, we're in a live taping or whatnot. And gonna, when you go to a live taping of a sitcom, they're super long. You think, oh, well, Seinfeld's only half an hour. It's like eight hours. It's like so long to tape one of these fucking sitcoms. So you're sitting there. So they have a comic who entertains you while they're going between scenes. Okay. And he was one of those comics and he got, he was a huge hit. In fact, he was like the most sought after one. He did Golden Girls and he did the TV show Amen with Sherman Helmsley. And then he gets noticed because he's so popular. So Carson has him on. He does really well on Carson and he starts doing better and better and better. So they tap him to host the family feud. They bring back family feud for a while in the, in the late eighties, early nineties. He hosts it. Then they cancel it and he's super despondent, has no money, you know, even though he's making a million dollars a year from Family Feud, and he kills himself in a very dramatic way too, and yeah. um, and uh, what he character was, did he play? He was he played the, the father of Norman. The, the, he dropped oh, up the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is right at the beginning of his career, eighty-seven. Like he's starting to really get some heat. Oh, but so he, was, he, he was their warm-up guy for the Golden Girls. So that's oh. why, yeah, he was the he was he used to do the Golden Girls. So um, they gave him that role. But uh, yeah, so like, uh, there's it's a really really weird story and uh, cautionary tale. Ray Combs. Well, he also owned a series of comedy clubs that 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 came crashing down. Yeah, so well, he, he yeah. Had to, uh, closed down all this, and so due to like financial ruin, essentially. Yeah. Plus, he was in like a really shitty car accident that gave him a lot of health problems. So, in nineteen ninety six or nineteen ninety seven, I want to say, I think he, he killed himself. Um. On that note, how many cheesecakes did you give the episode, Lori? Well, also one of the little girls in the episode <laughs> is Lex 
from Jurassic Park that plays the hacker, the girl that goes, wow. he left us. He left us. Oh, so, sure. You. Yeah. She's a I star. I thought that was pretty interesting. You uh, did the you did some digging, and I like that. Digging, Lori, I yeah. did. Mm-hmm. I did do some digging. She did do some clam digging. But now, Lori, <laughs> uh, how many cheesecakes do you give uh, this uh, episode? Uh, you know, I want to say three. Oh, wow! You hit this one less. Oh, okay, go ahead. I think I give this because I don't feel like. I mean, there were like a couple of jokes. Like I think Dorothy had a really good one in the beginning when uh, she was telling Rose was saying something about her family or something, and then Dorothy says, "Do have you? Do you wash the fruit before you eat it?" I thought mm-hmm. that was a funny line, but that was pretty much the only thing that was funny about the episode. The only other interesting things about the episode were again the get the story backstories of the actors who. Excuse me. Who were in the episode? Mm-hmm. So, which I don't, I don't think that that's really what they were yeah. going for when they made it. They weren't like, oh, later on, people are really going to like the story of these act. You know, if there's an like, internet and an IMDb, yes. this might be a good episode. So let's just push forward. So well, I, also, they were I, hoping yeah. that Lori would do an improv show with Ray Combs, which he did, and then once again, Lori, the Black Widow of improv yes. comics. You know, yeah. Robin Williams does a show with her, kills himself. Wow, I forgot about that. Ray yeah. Combs does a show with her, kills himself. I mean, if you think about it, mm-hmm. without actually thinking about it, it does ring true. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I'm um, Lori, Lori did um, a sketch comedy. She was in a sketch comedy group with Naya Rivera and Dustin Diamond. Yes, wow, a timely. We, we were called... Uh, we were called the uh, "Ain't Never Gonna Drown, Ain't Never Gonna Get Cancer" comedy duo. So I thought it was wow. funny because um, you, you know, because I, I I was like, you know, I I I named it. I don't. I just thought it was a funny. I want. I, I want to like call. I want to call two things. I want to call two things. One. Yeah. When did Solander put on sunglasses? Okay. He the, he's always had those. Okay. They're, they're regular glasses. Oh, it's just a dark tint. Oh, two. Uh, Solander, don't listen to this, mm-hmm. Lori. I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but um... oh, now, yeah. Why but, start uh, now? But uh, Adam's a cancer survivor. Oh, <laughs> are you a cancer survivor, Adam? Yes, but oh wow, I certainly don't think that um. Let's just say I don't think about making fun of a man who died today of cancer is inappropriate. And that sounded sarcastic, but I <laughs> I, I feel in comedy all that's well, well. If that's I the mean, point you were making, Joe. Let's be no, honest. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, Dustin <laughs> I mean, you know, just salt of the earth. No, no, no. I just wanted to take advantage of the fact that she said it. I wanted to make – because here's the deal, Solandra. You don't know this. Okay. We're going to hang up. We're going to finish the show. Uh-huh. And I'm going to get a phone call from this rocking camp. So I'm actually really doing something horrible to myself. And then you're going to start getting bombarded with messages like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were. I, I live to make her feel badly and feel uncomfortable. I get that. I think yeah, that's yeah. friendship, if you yeah. ask me. And, uh, and so now she feels like she is 20 shades of red right now because <laughs> she is so embarrassed that she made that joke in front of a cancer survivor. Oh, and he's, he's it. not dead. So right. the joke was about dying from it, yeah. okay? Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, Salandra, how many cheesecake? Oh, he's frozen. He's frozen in a horrible way, too. He's frozen again. Yeah. Did he ever give a number of cheesecakes? I'm going to give a number. Of, did you give a number of cheesecake, Lori? You give it three. I didn't, but I was just floored by the the point. But when you made that point that you were excited that Dustin Diamond died of cancer, so I was just, I'm just gonna bring it up the entire episode. Lori, what uh, a weird, what a weird lie to make up right now. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I, I, um, I, I, I did. I think I did. I think I said three. I'm gonna give it three cheesecakes. Yeah, and I'm gonna say that Salandra gave it four, and I gave it. Four. Oh no, he's back. So, Landry, we're wrapping up right now, but how many how many cheesecakes are you giving this episode? Uh, three. Probably will be my lowest ever, and it's a three. I think I'm staying at a four. Well, what makes you put it at a four? What? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not... Yeah, that's I, nice. I'm not, Especially for I'm you. Not, I'm not arguing with you like I don't, you know, their cheesecakes are your cheesecakes, but what? why <laughs> do you think it's a four? I I feel that the the washing the fruit thing uh I think I feel like the first half is stronger than the second half and I feel that there are some good lines that bring it up to a 4. And you know to be honest with you and I know it's going to sound I know it's a very schmaltzy ending but I really kind of like the the ending with uh Blanche calling her daughter. What I I I feel awful but what is the who's the act, actress's name? Uh, who plays Blanche again? Rue McClanahan. Oh, Rue, Rue McClanahan. Oh, you didn't IMDb that? Yeah. I, I, Lori I just, knows the fucking uh, little girl who's playing with the clay at the party and that she was in Jurassic Park, but uh, yeah. doesn't know Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan, I thought, it's, it reminds me once again that, that these people are, are they're great comedic actors, but they're also great actor, like uh, dram, dramatic actors, where I felt like Rue McClanahan did such a good job of basing that in reality, you know, like just in emotion, mm-hmm. that that is probably one of the main reasons why I give it even a three, because I just felt like this episode was bogged down by inconsistent storyline. Um, but I don't feel like it was Rue McClanahan, Betty White, or B. Arthur or Estelle Getty's problem. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was the problem of the people who wrote the episode. Yeah, so, All right. Yeah, well, Lori, uh, it was, it was definitely, that's why I, Three is my lowest because it's uh, like I I would never watch an episode and be like, oh, that was rough to get through. This would be the closest, and it's only because there weren't enough jokes. But the the gals will bring it to you every ball. Yeah. All right, Lori. Well, thank you so much for being a friend. Thank you. See you, Wolfie's babe. R.I.P. Dustin Diamond. By the way, everyone, I cut out a a horrible joke that Lori made about um, Adam having cancer. Thank you for listening to Shady Pines. You can find Adam Salandra on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Salandra. That's A D A M S A L A N D R A. You can find Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at J O E B E T A N C E. Shady Pines is an afterthought media podcast.